Hello, everybody. Welcome to Therapy Dog Talk. My name is Sherry. My pup's names are Sunny and Riley. And each week we talk with different therapy dogs and researchers to learn about the impact that they're making in their area. If you're just getting started and not sure where to get started, we have a free guide that you can find at freeguide.therapydogtalk.com. And we also have a community you can join at community.therapydogtalk.com. I'm really looking forward to talking with today's guests. We're talking with Steph and Bruce about the work they do in schools together. And then also Steph has quite a bit of experience helping place dogs in other schools in her district. So really looking forward to getting them in here. Hi, Steph. Well, hello. How are you? I am really good. Missouri's got some great weather today and it's been a good day. That's awesome. Well, Steph, for those who don't know you and Bruce, would you like to introduce yourselves? My name is Steph Callis. I live in the Midwest, Kansas City area, and I have been a teacher for about 20 years, behavior specialist part of that time, and then classroom. And I've been lucky enough to have a school therapy dog that works with me. He's, as you can see, kind of sleepy. He's like uh, sleeping right now. (laughs) So I think that's about it. You can talk about other stuff too, but I'll just wait and see what you ask me. We'll get into it for sure. Definitely. (laughs) Very cool. So Steph, how did you first find out about the role of therapy dogs? So being a behavior specialist, I worked with a lot lot of kids with a lot of different struggles and a lot of trauma. The biggest problem we had is a lot of times, especially kids that come from trauma, they don't know how to trust adults. And or they have lots of good reasons not to trust adults. So you have work a long time to get that trust built up. By the time you get that done, a lot of things have happened and you go back and forth. And I kept thinking that there's got to be something that we could do that would help with that. I knew how dogs make people feel and I know how they make me feel. So I thought if I could just get a dog maybe to come into the program, that's when I started researching about therapy dogs about eight or nine years ago. And there wasn't a lot of information out there. There was a lot of therapy dogs, but it was more about in the medical setting, either nursing home or hospital. So I really was working on that path my own. At that same time that I started asking my district if it was possible, my brother struggled with mental health all of his life. And unfortunately, he passed away. And it was because of mental health. And the only time I ever saw him comfortable was when he was with a dog. This pushed me forward even more towards having a therapy dog in the classroom because if it could help him in that way, just imagine what it could do for a a young person. So I got the approval from the district and Bruce came into my life, a fantastic dude that he is. And I sat at the table one day shortly after my brother passed away and I thought, If it's this hard to get a school therapy dog, no teachers are going to do this. And it's just not going to happen. How can I help this to happen? Because between writing the proposal, finding the money, finding the right kind of training, finding the right kind of dog, talking to your district, answering all kinds of questions that you don't even know you're going to have until later on. There was just so so many stumbling blocks. That's uh, when I felt the nudge that my brother was saying to me, you can do something with this. You can do something and help teachers. That's where I started the nonprofit of Michael's Peaceful Paws, where we help place dogs with educators. Part of that placing is helping them to understand what it means to work with a dog, that they're not a robot, that they are a creature, 
and helping to understand that it's not a service dog, a pet, somewhere in between. There's so many things about using a school therapy dog that you don't necessarily think about, or I didn't. Like, for instance, you get a school therapy dog, and all of a sudden, every kid in the school is dysregulated because they want access to the dog. So a lot of things have to be put in place to make sure that we're using the dogs in a way that is truly beneficial and that the kids are really doing a lot of work before they get access to the dog. I really answered your question way more than you asked, but (laughs) there's just so much to it. That's how it all got started between me getting one, the foundation being started, and then placing dogs with teachers. That's really great. So you didn't have Bruce yet when you first found out about therapy dogs, correct? Correct. What were you looking for in a dog when you were looking for a dog to be your therapy dog? So originally I was like, oh, well, I could get a dog and train it. And I didn't have the experience at that point, so that didn't work. And then through the proposals through the district, there were so many things that they came back with. And the biggest thing that they landed on was allergy. That led me to feel like I needed to have a doodle of some sort or a poodle because those are the only, well, Wheaton's are really as well. So doing a little more research around which one's temperament wise, that's where I, I, it was really more about the shedding part. And then also learning about doodles, how adorable they are and how great they can be with proper training, which is where that came from. Yeah. And Bruce, is, he's a Wheaton Terrier doodle. Is that right? He's a doodle. Soft- I think we learned on a previous episode. My students love saying the word woodle. Yeah, woodle. So he's a Wheaton Terrier, soft-coated Wheaton Terrier and poodle mix. And he is a lot more poodle than he is Wheaton. He has a woodle mom and a woodle dad. And so he has a little bit more of the poodle and that's why he's so curly. But there's some woodles out there and some that we have in our district that look more like the Wheaton. But I find that the temperament for those, we have golden doodles as well in the district, but the Woodle has such a great, between that fun playfulness of the soft-coated Wheaton and then that loved work dog of a Poodle. A lot of Poodles I know are more of a one-person dog. And so you put those two together and you have a dog that likes to work, but also is fun-loving. But It's not like I'm saying Woodles are the best or better than anybody, <laughs> but I'm very partial and feel like they really do create a really good therapy dog. Yeah, it's so interesting because when you say it, it's woodles but i still whenever i see it i can't help think of the grinch and the hoots like i don't know yes for my like, brain. <laughs> yes yes <laughs> yeah trisha was asking to see him i see he just stuck his head up there yes hi Bruce. He yeah he boy. worked hard today no i bet he did how many days a week does he go to school with he goes to school every day it's okay. just a matter of, he doesn't work all day though. One of the things that we make sure of with all of our dogs is that they have a place to debrief, place to chill, place that there's not anything needed from them at all. Because I find that they absorb all of that energy. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not a lot of dysregulated kids that they work with, even if it's just regular middle school is what Bruce works with. So it, it's just all of that. And so they really need a place to be. So I would say he probably works, works maybe three hours of the day at the most. Okay. Awesome. So when you got Bruce, how did you know that he was going to enjoy being a therapy dog? So it's hard for me to answer that strictly about Bruce because at the time I didn't know what I know now. I'd rather answer the question in reference to all of the therapy dogs that I've placed. You don't really know. 
for sure that a dog is going to enjoy it. It really has more to do with helping the dog to have some exposure training and seeing how they react and how they act to different exposures. But there's so much that goes into that as far as creating a positive connection between all those different exposures. And when I say that, that I mean like everything from people with hats to loud noises to a chair scooting across the thing, something dropped. It's not that you desensitize them as much as you create a connection with that dog that you've got it. I've got this. I'm going to take care of you. I know that's alarming. You're welcome to look at it, but you don't need to do anything more than that because you're fine and you're taken care of. Once you create that in a dog or a puppy, they have a lot better chance of being a therapy dog in some sense. They all look different. Everything that they do is different. Each dog, their role looks different because of the dog. But there are times where you will get a dog in that situation and it's just not what they're made for. It's just not their jam, you know, and that's okay. It doesn't mean anything. The dog didn't do anything wrong. The handler didn't do anything wrong. And the situation wasn't wrong. It just sometimes that's just not the best place for them or it doesn't look the way you thought it would look. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What do you think Bruce's favorite part is about doing that work now? Oh my goodness. He loves kids. I mean, loves them. Kind of an obvious thing, but I think that his favorite thing just by watching him is there are certain kids that need him more and he loves to go and sit. We call it the Bruce Sittle. So he'll go up to somebody and he turns around and he backs up and then he sits on like their feet or he sits up against them and he just loves it. Then they pet him and he stays there for a little while or he lays down and you know, he's just like in his realm. That's really cute. Very, very cute. What's your favorite part about working with a dog? Oh, my goodness. I would say there's a student that I'm working with at any time that's struggling. And having the dog there helps them to trust me. It's kind of like the dog trusts you, so maybe I can trust you. It's hard for me to put into words, but I guess it's seeing a kid feel better about school. That's what I'm going to say. My favorite thing is I have seen students coming to school and like being at school more after they got to work with the dog. Yeah. Is there a story that stands out to you that you're allowed to share? Yes. It's several years ago and it won't pin to anybody. There was a student that struggled with speaking to other people. They had the ability, but because of things in their life, they were choosing not to because it was too hard for them emotionally. Through working with Bruce, I first taught the student how to use hand signals for all of the commands. So they would work with Bruce and use the hand signals. About two weeks went by and he was starting to verbalize those commands to Bruce. It continued on and transferred to adults and to people and to friends and to. So I think as I go through life, that'll be the one thing that really hits me. That's really special. That's an application I haven't heard of yet as well as just. The combination of how we have the hand signals and verbal cues for our dogs and how that would help in that situation. But that's really unique and really special. I would say that the other thing, too, that's so rewarding is not just the students, but the staff as well, especially with COVID. Our dogs in our district were just the lifesavers for a lot of the staff. And also, you know, when we did Zoom or, or you'll meet and stuff with kids, the dogs would be on there and we got to have a lot of fun with that, too. So That's awesome. 
heart of American Quinnell says, or sorry, Woodles. <laughs> See, I can't get it out of my head. Bruce says, my heart and soul. So proud of Stephanie and Bruce. I did not get here alone. <laughs> and I have a lot of people to thank in my life that helped Bruce be who he is and helped all the dogs that we have. I'm a very fortunate person. <laughs> well, and you're paying it forward through your nonprofit by helping to place dogs with other teachers. When you do that, are you helping them to find their own dog that lives with them and works with them like Bruce does with you? Or are you pairing them with a volunteer? How is that working? So how it has worked in the past is that we gift the dog. We find the dog for them and gift the dog to them. And then different types of training, different forms of training. We've had breeders that have gifted us some of the puppies and some of the puppies we've paid for and then some of them I've done some of the training for we've had other trainers that helped us as well I forgot your original question sorry my brain was like okay I was asking if you help them find a dog who's a good fit to join them or if you match them with a volunteer how you were doing I will say that when we first match There's a lot that goes into that. There's a vetting process, so to speak, to make sure that they understand what they're getting into, which if you ask anybody that has school therapy dogs, they don't ever know. Great. It's always harder than what you think it is and more rewarding than you ever thought it would be. But there's a dog and a person and they don't always go together. Right. So you're always looking for that match that's going to be appropriate for them. But in the future, it may be that we transition a little more to once they have obtained the dog to helping them to do the training. And so I would do the training for them instead of getting the dog itself and then going through that process. Gotcha. You've placed quite a few dogs through your nonprofit, correct? Yes, we've had nine in our district and then one with three other districts outside of ours and then also one with the juvenile court system in Jackson County. So yeah, it's been crazy. I look back on it and think it's just crazy how this has all happened in five years. Yeah. Is that how long you and Bruce have been a team or has it been longer than that? Yes, this is our fifth year right now. And how old is Bruce now? He turned five in October. October 14th, he turned. All right. Yeah. So he wasn't quite a year old when we first started. Gotcha. Yeah. And then are you registered through an organization with him or you just did the training that you needed to do for your school? So before all this started, I thought that there was a certification, so to speak. I didn't realize that the certification just comes through different nonprofits or different organizations. So Alliance for Therapy Dogs is who I got him certified through to begin with. And that also helped me because I was able to purchase the insurance from them for him. I've later learned a lot more about that. And you have to check with them, of course, but your homeowner's insurance will cover that because they're a pet and they're not getting paid to work. It depends on what you have coverage-wise and also depends on whether you'd ever want that claim. But after about two years of being with Alliance for Therapy Dogs and having other dogs in our district placed, I started to talk to our district about, because that was one of the requirements to begin with too, because they weren't educated either. They didn't know any more than I did. So then I went to them and proposed that the Canine Good Citizen Test Mm -hmm is really an accurate display of being able to do the things we want them to do. And Alliance for Therapy Dogs, while it's a great way to see how your dog can do around other people, when you're spending that much time in school, it's a little bit different. 
So we've changed in our district that our policy is that they have to have the CJC testing for that. I wish there was an organization and there may be, and I just don't know about it yet, but I wish there was something like Alliance for Therapy Dogs, but it was more around school therapy dogs. So the education was there about how long a dog should work. What does it look like for them to be nervous? What does it look like for them to have be overwhelmed, giving them a break, that kind of stuff? Yeah, I know a couple of organizations. One organization that works also with like school counselors that want to work with therapy dogs. They have a program. And then there's the AAAIP, which works with all professionals who work with their dogs. And that's another way you can get access to the professional insurance too. For right. Yeah. The other one I know of is the Animal Assisted Counseling Academy at Texas State. And I know they do animal assisted counseling. They also have a specific extra component for those who are working in schools because they do have a lot of experience there. But outside of that, I'm not sure that I've encountered any at this point. It's definitely an area for growth. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Alliance for Therapy Dogs, around the country, they have people that they have trained to be testers. Mm -hmm. And so you're able to go in and have the test done with them. Do you know if the organizations you were talking about, do they have a path to certification or a path to, okay, because that'd be awesome if they had, I wonder they if they do. Triple AIP is a sister organization to pet partners. So what they do is they have your dog, well, your dog can actually go through any program. It doesn't matter right now. Their certification is more for the human knowledge, but then if your dog is registered like through pet partners, you have access to the same insurance through, I think it's Business of the Carolinas that you have through Alliance of Therapy Dogs for Professional Work. And then the other program, Animal Assisted Counseling Academy, they have their own credential. I'm going to have to look into that because that would be great. I don't want to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> I feel like, you know, there's been a lot of things that I've done that I felt like I have reinvented the wheel. So. Yeah, I know there's a Facebook group, too, for school therapy dogs that has a lot of people having conversations around that as well. But I don't work in a school, and so it's not something I've looked into extensively. I was right the Animal Assisted Counseling Academy because I, my goal is to work with my dogs in counseling. So that's really where that came from. Gotcha. He is very cozy he there. He is. He's a really good boy. Everybody loves Bruce. What does Bruce enjoy for self-care after a day of work? He loves fetch okay. a tennis ball. Yes, he will play it and play it and play it until he, which is a really cool thing too. So if you have a kiddo that you're working with, oh, I'm sorry, did I stop? That is having a hard time being calm in their body. If you let them play fetch with Bruce, because Bruce is trained that he has to sit and wait before you throw it. And to have a student do that is really cool because it's really hard for them to do because they want to just throw it and they want to just like, you know, play. And to have that waiting period is just such a cool thing to see. And you can see their body calm down and get more regulated. Yeah. Steph, do you have any advice for someone who wants to start bringing their dog to school with them? It's hard to give advice because everybody's at different places. But the first thing I would ask you to ask yourself is, am I wanting this dog to be an extra tool or am I looking for a quick fix for them? I think the majority of people might say, oh no, it's not that, it's not that, but you really have to reflect with yourself to see. If you are thinking it's just another tool for you, I would ask for somebody to be able to see what it looks like. I'm glad to talk to anybody that wants to. You can message me however you want to get a hold of me. Because of the fact that 
There are so many things that you just don't know you don't know. I couldn't say them all to you, but I think the biggest thing is, is finding somebody that's done it. So you don't have to stumble through it all. You learn a lot for sure by doing that, but there's a lot of things you don't have to learn that, that, that somebody could tell you. The other thing too is, is if you're a teacher and you're wanting to bring your dog in is I would first look at your district policy on dogs in the classroom. Most of the people I've worked with, that's the way it's worded in their policy is pets in the classroom because that's what they're looked at and find out if you have one. I would highly suggest that you do not bring a dog in until you have one because some of the people I've talked to, they have gone ahead with it, not in our district, but have gone ahead with it without having one. It sounds great that you easily got one, but what happens is Mr. John that doesn't necessarily have the greatest intentions or the skill or the ability to do it right then brings their dog in and something happens because you don't have a policy around it and then nobody gets to have one or something happens to a kid or something like that. So I would first make sure that you have a policy before you even bring a dog in because it's really vital for the dog and for the students. Hopefully that answered the question. No, I think that's a great point. It's definitely awesome. Well, Steph, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Is there anything else that you wanted to share while you're here? I would like to leave it with always remember that if you ever do this journey, when it gets hard, because it will, remember that hard doesn't mean you're not doing it right or that they've done something wrong. It's a living creature that you're working with. And so therefore it's going to be hard, but it's going to be way more rewarding than it ever is hard. I love that. I love that a lot. And if people want to follow your journey, they can find you at Bruce the Therapy Dog, right? Correct. Yeah. And is there a place where they can find information on your nonprofit if they're curious? It is called Michael's Peaceful Paws and a Facebook page for it that they can visit on there. Yeah. Awesome. I'll make sure I link that in the show notes when I publish this. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. I hope you and Bruce have a great day. Yes, you too. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.